You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Matthew 16, verses 24 through 26 in the Common English Bible. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit If you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul, is anything worth more than your soul? The word of God for the people of God. We're reading our scripture this morning. All who want to save their lives will lose them, but all who lose their lives because of me will find them. These words of Jesus strike me as so counterintuitive. If I try to save my life, I lose it. And if I lose my life because of Jesus, I'll find it. But this is one of the most liberating passages in scripture for me, because it is a clear reminder that it is not our own work that saves us. It is only when we are able to let go of our ideas of how we would make ourselves perfect that we can embrace God's work in us to make us perfect in love. If I try to save my own life, I won't get very far. I'll still be weighed down by the weight of sin and brokenness. But if I'm willing to turn my life over to Christ and be open to the continuing work of God's grace shaping my heart and soul, only then will I discover a life of freedom and wholeness. Henry Nouwen offers us a similar counterintuitive idea by telling us in his book that we should befriend our brokenness as a way of discovering our belovedness. Now, there are so many ways that we hear messages that reinforce a sense of brokenness in us. The entire advertising industry relies on us believing that something is missing in our lives and that one product that is being peddled by that company is the solution that we need to find peace, to have a clean home, or to be a healthy human. So if we have just spent the last month celebrating that we are God's beloved children, why would we now turn our attention to the brokenness in our lives? Henry Nouwen wrote, Our brokenness is so visible and tangible, so, so concrete and specific, that it is often difficult to believe that there is much to think, speak, or write about other than our brokenness. And he goes on later to say that all of the best works of art are often a direct expression of the human awareness of brokenness. One of the most popular musicians right now is Taylor Swift. 
And so many of her songs acknowledge the brokenness that she has experienced in life, whether that was a heartbreak because of romantic partnership or simply the struggle that she has encountered as a young female music artist. So many musicians and poets create incredibly moving art that we relate to because they embrace their brokenness. So the most incredible films are sad films that do not gloss over the reality of the brokenness in the lives of the main characters. And so in some ways, it might be Hollywood offering a more authentic word about the brokenness in humanity than we often encounter in church. In churches, it seems like we end up on one one extreme or the other around this question of human brokenness. There are some churches who make brokenness the most important thing, reminding people that they are damaged goods, unworthy of love, and deserving of only divine wrath. And in those traditions, our brokenness can become the core of our identity instead of our belovedness being the core of our identity. But then to counteract that tradition, there are others who swing to the other extreme and they want to gloss over the reality of our brokenness. They don't want to touch on anything too negative. They want to repress or deny the reality of our human brokenness. And this also sells short our opportunity to befriend our brokenness as a way of discovering our belovedness. Nowen wrote, the leaders and prophets of Israel who were clearly chosen and blessed, all lived very broken lives. And we, the beloved sons and daughters of God, cannot escape our brokenness either. It is part of the human condition of living in this world. But we don't all experience brokenness in the same way. And I mentioned earlier how no one said that we each have a unique experience of brokenness. He said, Our brokenness is always lived in a highly personal and unique way. I am convinced that each human suffers in a way no other human being suffers. And then he went on to say, I am more grateful for a person who can acknowledge that I am very alone in my pain than for someone who tries to tell me there are others who have a similar or a worse pain. Our brokenness is truly ours. Nobody else's. Our brokenness is as unique as our chosenness and our belovedness. He then goes on to describe his own sense of loneliness, isolation, and insecurity. And through those specific ways that he experiences that, we can find a way to relate to it. So even though he wants people to see the uniqueness of the brokenness, there is a generality in specificity. So he encourages people to share their stories of their own unique sense of brokenness because in those stories there are connection points for others. He also goes on to suggest that those who go to 12-step groups find freedom from their addiction because they are able to name without shame the way their brokenness is unique in them. They can name that they are powerless over whatever they are addicted to, whether that is a substance like drugs or alcohol or a process like gambling or shopping. But not everyone has an addiction, but we do all have brokenness. 
In a few minutes, we're going to sing a hymn written by Charles Wesley. This hymn, Love Divine, All Love Excelling, he says that we ask God to take away our bent to sinning. Each of us have a different bent towards sinning. But the good news is that God can and does free us from this. God liberates us from our addictions and God frees us from our bent towards sinning. And we experience this freedom and it is something that is our journey toward embracing being the beloved. But we can't embrace our belovedness if we ignore our brokenness. If we gloss over that, it is only by noticing where in us we need God's healing that we can experience God's healing. It is only by embracing that that we can find the healing from God that we then can give to others what God has given to us. We can give peace to others because God has given peace to us. We can give hope to others because God has given us hope. We can give love to others because God has first loved us. And so that is why a part of embracing our belovedness includes owning and befriending our brokenness so that we then can give to others. It's not just about our gifts and our talents or even giving of our treasure, but it is about actually giving of ourselves, giving of who we are when we are in relationship with others, telling our stories so that those who are hurting can hear how God is at work in us and have hope that God can be at work in them too. Your belovedness is rooted in the love of God, whose steadfast love endures forever. God continues to choose each and every one of us. God continues to work in those tender and raw places of our brokenness to bring healing to us. And then we are ready to give ourselves and the love of God in us to all that we meet so that those who are hurting can find a way to befriend their brokenness, so that they can also embrace their belovedness. This is the life that God intends for us, and it is the life that we can point to to others. And I pray that this is the life that you have discovered for yourself and that you are ready to share this with others. Thanks be to God for these gifts. Amen.